We love to receive gifts, but the most important gift that man has ever received is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and the fact that God would send his son, that Jesus would leave heaven, that he would come here so that we might be able to be in right standing with God the Father and give us that peace with God that we need and that we desire. And so Jesus is God's greatest gift to mankind. We see that in John three sixteen and 17. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's the gospel of, of Jesus right there. That's the good, good news. And so when we put our, our faith in who Christ is and we realize that, you know, that God sent his son, that God gave his son to us, as a ransom, if you will, to, to purchase us back, to redeem us from our, our sins and our transgressions. And so Jesus came not to condemn us, but to, to redeem us. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And so there's only one way to a right relationship with the, our heavenly father, and that is through the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the father except through me. And so it's a very exclusive statement that he made, that he made but he was God in flesh. And Emmanuel, that's what that means, God with us. That he literally left heaven. He came here to dwell among us, to communicate to us the way and the truth. And so we are able to put our faith in, in Christ and who he is and what he did on the cross and what he did through the power of the resurrection, that he has conquered death and he's conquered the grave and he has set us free. And we get to walk in that. And that should, and let me say this, that should give us peace of mind and peace with God and, and just peace in our hearts, right? But oftentimes we don't experience that. So Jesus is the light of the world. That we, we know that, you know, there's darkness. We can look around. We can look at the news. We can see darkness. We can look around us. We can see darkness. We can see the absence, if you will, of light. And what that becomes, we call that, would, would say that would be like wickedness. And so, but the, you know, the absence of light is darkness. And so Jesus came into the, the world to be a light into this darkness. And that light, man, it really should be evident in our lives. Hopefully when people see us and they see our smile, they see our countenance, they see our actions, they see the light of Christ within us. And it should be part of our goals that God, I want to be a good reflection of who Jesus is. And so, Father, work in me, work through me so that I might be that light. And Jesus said himself that he was the light of the world. In John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. And those who perceive that light, you know, that Jesus is the light of, of God. He is the light of the world. Whenever they perceive that, they understand who he is. They no longer have to walk in darkness, especially spiritual darkness. We may go through tough times and challenges and struggles. There may be many of you, and even here tonight, that, man, it's been a tough Christmas season. Maybe it's the first one without a family member. Maybe it's the first time you've had to face it alone. You know, and you're going, you know, this doesn't feel like a good time of the year for me. But God says that you can have peace in the middle of that. And there can be a light that warms you, a light that guides you, a light that gives you direction that flows from within. And, and so whenever we have that light of, of Jesus Christ living within us, it changes everything. It says, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I think about when a child says, hey, you ask, hey, where does Jesus live? And they'll say, right here. They're right. He lives within us, right? He lives within us and he guides us. And, th and through that guidance, through that light, we talk about the word of God being the light it's a light, it's a lamp unto my feet, right? It's what scripture says. We grew up memorizing that. It's a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. And so Jesus was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And he literally lives within us. And therefore he gives us that light. So that light should be evident to the people around us that Christ lives within us. 
And then Jesus, the Prince of Peace, that's where we, we really want to go tonight. We know that, you know, he's the greatest gift. Hopefully we know that. That's not even in question. We know that he is the light of the world. We know that wherever Jesus is at, there is light. There is hope. You know, we pray, you know, for people to walk through these doors that are looking for hope, that are looking for truth. They're looking for answers, and they're looking for peace. And so we know that Jesus is the greatest gift. We know that he is the light of the world. But we often don't seem to get this one, that he is the Prince of Peace. 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah uh, uh, quotes this or speaks this. He says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And so he's, he's pointing to, to Jesus. He's pointing 700 years down the timeline. Hey, there's one that will come that will be everything that we're asking for and everything that, we, that God has promised. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. Now, most of us, when we hear government, we kind of get a little frustrated, right? It's like our, our blood pressure begins to kind of boil a little bit, kind of get a little bit higher because we're thinking government from a manly perspective, from man's perspective, because we know that most of them seem to be, you know, liars. They don't seem to do what they say they're going to do. They're always manipulating. It seems like it doesn't matter which side you're on either. You know, but we can kind of get frustrated with government. But this is a government that God is talking about where he is lone and in charge, right? And we don't see that as a dictator, that God is this great dictator that is kind of over everything. But look at how Scripture calls him. It says, wonderful counselor. I mean, think about that, that the God who is over all things, the God who is, was literally the one who rules over all things is wonderful counselor. That means that he listens to you. That means he is there for you. That means he gives you guidance and direction. And he, he literally, he cares about the decisions you make. He cares about how you treat other people. He cares about how you think. And so he's giving counsel. And so imagine a government where there's a wonderful counselor or a mighty God that there's nobody higher. He is a mighty God and there's nobody higher. There's no one we have to live in fear of because he is the ultimate. He is the one true God. And so whenever we walk through life and we realize, you know what, if we live under this government, this mentality, rather than this man-made stuff, we go, you know what, God, I, I should have peace. He's an everlasting father. There's a song out there that says he's a good, good father. He's an everlasting father. He's a father to the fatherless. Those who don't have a father to look up to or a dad that they can, they can point to, you have one in your heavenly father. And so he's, he's a father to the fatherless. And then look at that last one, prince of peace. He's a prince of peace. And so whenever we can get our mind around the fact that God wants and desires for us to have peace, there's over 790 verses in scripture that talk about peace. And God wants us to experience it. I think if he's going to address it that many times, he wants us to experience that peace. He wants us to walk in that. He wants us to live in that. And he wants us to have that peace. And, and, and so we've, we've got to be able to say, God, you know, I want what you desire. And so this passage here is kind of what we've been kind of unpacking. It's a, a passage that we've been kind of looking back to because I think at times we, we talk about this. Uh, it says, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So peace on earth. And I, in the first message of the series, I talked about how many wars have taken place through the years and how there's always seems to be turmoil. And so why is there not the peace that we're talking about that scripture points to here? And oftentimes we've got a different version of what we think peace is and God has what he says peace is. And so we have man's version and uh, we've got to look back to what scripture talks about. And so I want us to kind of unpack that a little bit more tonight. So we're going to read this out of Luke 2. And most of you guys are familiar with this. This is the shepherds and the angels on the hillside. It says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. 
And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them. And so can, can you imagine these shepherds are out there, they're just taking care of their flocks, and then all of a sudden this incredible celestial type thing takes place that just blows them away, and they're living in fear. And then they here, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. It's the good news of Jesus. It's the good news of, of, of God leaving heaven and coming here to make a way for us to be in right standing, that we might have peace with God. And look what he says. He says, we'll bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, just as, as it has been told. And you'll recognize him by the sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And then suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So there's that, that passage, verse 14. And I was thinking about this today. You know, normally when we see a military situation and you see everybody shouting and excited. There's usually been what? A victory, right? Like I, I was watching before I came here, I was watching the Battle of Midway. For whatever reason, I was watching that. And I was watching where, you know, it had happened that uh, some things happened and they were able to take out three of the four uh, carriers for Japan in that, in that situation. And all these guys, all these, all these military guys are celebrating because they'd experienced victory. And, and so here, that scripture says this, that the armies of heaven the armies of heaven are shouting and man they're celebrating because they know victory you know God has left heaven and he's become a baby Jesus is born and so they already know that victory is on its way so they're already shouting man it's already happening it's taking place glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased so there's an excitement building in heaven then there should be an excitement among us and when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they're excited and they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger, just like they'd been told. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. I love this. They didn't just hold it in. And I know sometimes we say, well, you know, my, my religion is a personal thing. Your religion may be, but your relationship with Christ is a public thing. We're to go public. We're to let everybody know. We're to tell everybody what we found. We, we're, tell, we're beggars that have found food that we're saying, hey, man, let me tell you what Jesus has done in my life. Let me tell you about the peace that I have. Let me tell you about the hope that I have. Let me tell you about the healing that I've experienced. Let me tell you about the freedom that I've experienced. We get excited about it, right? And so these, these guys are excited about it, and they're telling everybody what they've experienced. They can't hold that back. He said, let's tell everybody about this child. And so all who heard the shepherd's story were what? They were astonished. And so when we tell others what Christ has done in our life, man, sometimes they go, no way. They're astonished. And they see that we're not the same person that we used to be. And we know, we, they know and we know that, hey, that doesn't happen in our own strength. That is the power of God at work in us. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and she thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. And one of the things I love about that is they went back to doing what they were doing, but they were glorifying God and man, they were praising him. So they went to their jobs and they took care of their responsibilities, but man, they praised God and they gave him glory, right? And that's what we ought to do. We go back and we, we literally live our life, but man, we're praising God. We're glorifying God. We're pointing to him. We're talking about him. We're talking about the light of the world. There are three kinds of peace in the Bible that we see. And I want us to kind of dig into these a little bit tonight. 
There's spiritual peace, and that's peace with God. There's a spiritual peace that we, we need. There are many of us in this room that, you know, we, we know what it's like to be at odds with God. We don't have that peace that we're at, you know, in, a, in a good place with God. We know that we have sinned. We know that we've broken His Word, His law, and we know that, you know what, we're not okay with God. But I, I remember not knowing what to do with that. I was like, man, I know that I'm not saved. I know that if I were to die, I don't know if I would go to heaven. And I remember wrestling with that, and I did not have peace with God. And I remember at the age of 19, nailing that down and experiencing spiritual peace for the first time in my life. I surrendered my life to Christ. I asked Jesus to come and live within me. And for the first time in my life, I could lay down on my pillow at night and know that, you know, if I die, I'm going to heaven. I know that I'm in right standing with God. Not because of anything I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And so I was able to look at that and go, you know what, man, I, I want spiritual peace. I need spiritual peace. And God gave me that. And so maybe you're here tonight and you go, man, I don't have that. Well, Jesus, that's the reason Jesus came, so that we can all experience spiritual peace, that we can know that we have peace with God. And so if you're here tonight and, and you're thinking, man, I, that's what I need, that's the greatest gift you'll ever receive, is salvation through your faith in what Christ has done. Look at what it says here in Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have what? We have peace with God. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Not what I did. All I did was receive a gift, the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. And, man, it, and it was nothing that I brought to the table because I'm just a broken person. You know, I'm just a sinner. And I said, God, you know, here's my life. I give you my life. And, God, if you'll use me, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And, and here's the thing I would say to you is you, if you'll just say, God, here's my life. He'll give you life. He'll put that light within you. He'll fill you with His Spirit, and He'll seal you until the day of redemption. And so it's not because of anything we've done. It's because of what Jesus did. So He left heaven to come here so that we might experience that. And then there's emotional peace. We need peace with ourselves. There's peace with God, and there's the peace of God. We have the peace of God in our hearts, and we have peace with ourselves. And there's some of you in this room that maybe you can't forgive yourself. You know, you go through life always putting yourself down. You always see yourself as, as being the worst and you can't ever do anything right and you've screwed up so many things and you don't even have any real love for yourself. And, uh, and, and so maybe tonight you need to hear that God says, hey, listen, I want you to have peace with yourself. God saying, hey, listen, if I can forgive you, you can forgive you. And you've got to be willing to receive that and say, God, I want that peace to know that I am your child. I'm, I'm co-heirs with Christ. I'm part of a royal family. You know, I'm, 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 more than, I'm, more than, I'm more than a conqueror is what he says. And we're the apple of his eye. We, 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 he loves us, man. And so we've got to be able to say, God, help me to love who you have created me to be. Even in my brokenness, even in my failures, even in my struggles, God, you have created me. You have made me and you have shaped me for exactly this, this special time in my life. And so, God, I want to give you my life. And then here's the thing. We have the peace with that, right? And, and look at what it says here. I love this. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And so tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And so many of us, what we do is we worry and we focus on all the things that are wrong with us, the things that are wrong with anybody else, things that are wrong in the world. And we just sit there and we dwell on those things. And I don't know if you know what, what, uh, you know what worrying is, but worrying is negative meditation. It's thinking on the same things over and over and over. And what we have a tendency to do is we'll focus on those negative things and we'll focus on them over and over and over. And if we do those things, then that, that's what takes our focus and that's what robs us of peace because we're worrying, we're anxious, you know, we're afraid. Those are the very things that Jesus told us not to do. 
And so we're going against what he even teaches us. But look at what it says. Tell God what you need and thank you for all he's done. So in other words, we're to come to God and say, God, I'm telling you what I need. And God, I'm trusting you and I'm fully trusting you. And I want to thank you for what you've already done. And so whenever we just give thanks, we begin to focus on what he's done. You know, it's kind of like the old saying, you know, know, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will amaze you what God has done, right? And so when we start counting the things, and maybe that's what you guys are going to do this Christmas, is you're going to think about all that he's done, and you're going to give thanks to him. And so when we do those things, we stop worrying, we stop focusing on what's not right, and we start focusing on what is right, we start focusing on God. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a peace that passes understanding. It's a peace that transcends understanding. That it doesn't make sense. You know, I'm going through a lot. Maybe I'm battling cancer. But I have a peace that God is with me and God is going to heal me or whatever it might be. Or I'm going through a tough time and I'm alone this, this Christmas. But you, but you know, I have, I have peace. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. And maybe whatever you're going through, you're able to have that. It doesn't make sense to the people around you, but you know because of your relationship with God that you're okay. And here's the thing. That becomes a witness to them, and you become a light in a dark world. It says his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so the more that we stop worrying, the more that we start praying, the more that we realize, you know what, that God is protecting my mind and he's protecting my heart. And the more that I allow him to do that, the more I am at peace. Because here's the thing, he can protect my mind and my heart better than I can. He can protect me and my family better than I can. He can protect me and he can take care of me. And then here's the last one, relational peace. Relational peace is peace with others. You know, we uh, oftentimes, Christmas or even the holidays of any kind, Thanksgiving, Christmas, any of it, oftentimes there's family getting together, and there becomes a little bit of anxiousness about, hey, they're coming. And maybe there's certain family members that uh, you're not excited about them being there. Uh, maybe there's a strain there. You know, and, uh, and maybe, maybe what you could do this year for Christmas, one of the greatest gifts is you could choose to forgive them of whatever has happened. And I'm not talking about giving you a gift. I, I, you know, I think sometimes we think, you know, I've I've got to give this gift just to them. But when you give that gift to them, the gift comes back to you. And so you're giving them, you're offering to forgive them. You're saying, hey, listen, I want to forgive you for whatever happened. And you you might be thinking, Mike, you don't know what happened. I don't. You're right. But God does. And God tells us to forgive. And we're to quickly and thoroughly forgive just as Christ has forgiven us. And so it could be that the greatest gift that you'll ever give to someone is the greatest gift that you'll ever receive. And so that whenever you forgive someone who has wounded you, who has hurt you, and they've hurt you deeply, when you forgive them, it begins to bring peace into your life. And you're able to walk through each day, not with anxiety, not with stress, not with anger and bitterness and rage, but you're walking through each day with peace going, I've forgiven them. They wounded me. They hurt me deeply. But I have forgiven them. And so as you forgive them, God is forgiving you, right? And so that's what it says here in Ephesians. It says, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So just as Jesus has forgiven me of my sins and my transgressions, then he's saying to you and he's saying to me, he's saying, listen, I want you to forgive others. Those who have hurt you, those who have stabbed you in the back, those who have talked about you, those who have done things that are unthinkable, 
If you choose to forgive them, you receive this gift called peace. And he wants you to experience that. It could be the greatest gift you ever receive. And I'll just say this. Jesus gives the best gifts. He gives the best gifts. He gave himself, right? He gave himself when he left heaven and he came here headed to the cross. He came here as a baby, but he was on a mission. Heaven's armies were celebrating victory even at his birth. Because they knew that nothing could hold him back. They knew that nothing could stop him. They knew that he would finish the work. And when he hung on that cross and he said, Father, it is finished, he had paid the price for your sins and my sins. He had made the way for us to be in right standing with the Holy God. And then he defeats the grave. He defeats death. He defeats sin. He defeats it all. And he offers to us salvation. He offers to us peace. He offers to us freedom. He offers to us healing. He offers to us eternal life. That's pretty good gifts. Pretty incredible gifts. Tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the gifts that Jesus gives. And we'll have one service tomorrow at 1045. If you guys want to join us, we're going to be here. And we're going to unpack some of, the, some of the other gifts that we receive through Jesus. So we'll kind of unpack this verse a little bit more. But he says, I'm leaving with you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And so what Jesus is saying, listen, I leave a gift. I'm leaving peace of mind and heart. And there may be some of you that came in here tonight that you didn't have peace of mind and you didn't have peace of heart. But you can walk out of here with this gift that Jesus gives by trusting him, by surrendering to him, by asking him to forgive you, by repenting of what you've been doing and choosing to follow him. And then choosing to forgive those around you that have wounded you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And it says, and the peace I give this world cannot give. The world offers a bunch of superficial phony fake stuff but what God offers is real it's genuine God put everything he had into it See, there's not a plan B God said this is my son this is the way this is the truth and he is the life and then look at that last one it says don't be troubled or afraid see I think there's a lot of Christians that have already made that decision to put their faith in Christ but man they live lives that are troubled and they're afraid that's not what Jesus told us to do. He says, you don't be, so you won't be troubled or afraid. You'll have peace that passes understanding. I want to give you an opportunity to put your faith in Christ tonight. If you would, just bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're watching online, you can just get down beside your coffee table. And you can pray this simple prayer. And it's a prayer that a child could pray. Or a senior adult could pray. Anybody could pray. And you can receive God's greatest gift, the peace that passes understanding. Just in your heart of hearts, just say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe you are the light of the world. Jesus, I believe you are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through you, Jesus. And Jesus, I believe that you can heal me. I believe that you can set me free. I believe that you can save me, and I believe that you can forgive me. And with all the faith that I have, I come to you right now. 
And I ask you to come into my life, to be my leader, to be my Lord. I surrender all to you. If you confess your sins to him, that's agreeing with God that you're a sinner. If you repent of your sins, that's turning to him. And so if you just prayed that prayer, you just ask Christ to come into your heart. If you don't mind, just raise your hand just so I can see your hand and so I can be praying for you. Nobody's looking around but me. Just raise your hand. I see your hand back there. I see your hand right here. Anybody else? Just raise them high. Just, Mike, I just asked Jesus to come into my life. Anybody else? Right here. I see your hand right here. Right here. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. Maybe if you did that, you made that decision in your own line, you can text my decision to 94,000. We'd love to know, love to walk with you. But welcome to the family of God. And let me just say, you just received the greatest gift this world will ever receive. And that's salvation in Jesus. There's no other way. Hallelujah, that's right. Father, we thank you for this time. Father, we pray that you would just... Lord, Father, seal these people. Your word says you seal them with the Holy Spirit. Let them walk out of here tonight knowing that they are your child. They're part of your family. And Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.